people, we are all the way up and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday with your boys, The Faction, where we discuss the latest and greatest and the great sport of professional wrestling. But I'm not by myself. I have the one and only, the valedictorian with me, GB. What's up, good brother? How are you, man? Don't do that to me, GB. What did I do? <laughs> now, wait. The people don't know that I did anything, and I didn't do anything. You had laughter in your voice. <laughs> I can't. You want me to come on mad? What's up, man? It's GB. No, no, no. Don't, no. Don't be James White, please. Wow. We're going there. I only right. say that because I just, I just met James White face to face for the first time. I'll talk about that later. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. That is absolutely. Hilarious. I saw the future heavyweight champion was up all night. Oh my lord! Listen, Gilbert Gottfried has nothing on my son. <laughs> This joker, besides the fact that during the day, like he had a doctor's appointment yesterday. So, you know, he was actually stellar at the doctor's appointment. And, um, you know, he came home because he wore us out the night before. So he came home, he slept. The doctor was telling us to, hey, get him up so we could feed him every two hours so that at night he won't be so bad. So at night he got up at his normal time around 1.30. And then he just decided, I'm going to stay up. And stay yeah, up. He, he just, did. Yeah, just hang around. Yeah, he was up until about six a.m. And so, yeah, just, just chilling. I'm just like, dude, now is not the time. No. So, yeah, <laughs> he has. Uh, so I've been up since well, about one. Shout out. Yeah. Well, you look great. You're back in your wrestling gear, and I'm excited about that. Well, you know what? It's a good, good day, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Father's Day in a second, but. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan, a good time to be alive. Lots of great wrestling things going on. That's what keeps us charged up. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Speaking of staying charged up, we have the mouth of Memphis, the man with the plan who never stays still, Mr. Brandon J. Clack. Where are you? He's nowhere. That's where he is. Who knows? He's I, I, he's trying. Oh, oh no, I'm somewhere. Oh yeah, you're somewhere. <laughs> oh, I'm somewhere. You're First currently of all, in parts unknown. You don't you don't need to be. Courtney doesn't need to be talking about somebody is nowhere when it was clearly time to start the show, and he's just looking around like he don't know he's supposed to start talking. Wait, you Action can see fans, me. you are getting behind the scene footage. I'm telling on you. Yeah, I saw you just looking around with them emoji eyes, pointing at yourself. GB is like, man, you're fired. Where is James White? <laughs> that's so funny. GB, that's why he snickered because he's like, I'm trying to teach him, but he don't want to be taught. <laughs> you know, he don't want to be taught. Oh man, <laughs> he don't want to be taught. Hilarious. Listen, like GB just said, we are one uh, few days away from Father's Day. Brandon Clack, tell me about Father's Day for you. Uh, it was great. Uh, Christabel got me the greatest gift she's ever gotten me. Uh, this gift is right below Noah, and it's right above the girls. So it's like, uh, yeah, you heard me. Wow. I mean, th- and this gift is incredible. Wow. It is the greatest basketball goal I've ever had in my life. Wow. The next time you come to my house, you'll see it. I mean, this thing is full plexiglass. It, the, the adjustable for the height of the goal is an easy crank at the bottom of the goal. Wow. Uh, I've got a light that goes on top of the goal so I can play at night. Nice. I mean, this thing is intense. Wow. I said, girl, this is the greatest gift right under Noah. Wow. But right above the girl. See, That's hilarious. This, this is incredible. Every time I go to his house, 
Every time I go to his house, I pick up a basketball and he snickers and like he doesn't want to see me play. Well, he, you know, he's kind of on a whole nother level. So, like, I, I get it. DB, I've decided that if anybody in my church, if anybody in my church has to get rebuked, before I rebuke them, I will humble them by playing them one on one. If you get I'm invited sure to I'm, my house to play one on one, I'm going to rebuke you afterwards. Wow. Okay. So that maybe it's good then that I haven't been to your house because I haven't been rebuked. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. We'll keep the streak alive. We'll keep the streak alive. Bonner, it was it was the first Father's Day. With the future champion. Yeah, you know, let me tell you. So I had a couple of really interesting moments on this uh, Father's Day. One of them being the fact that it was the first time I ever could say I have two kids on Father's Day. It was kind of a weird moment for me because I kind of prided myself on, you know, I got one child. You know, we know the deal, blah, blah, blah. But now I got two. And so there was that. And then I ended up. Really, the day I just ended up being a big time dad, like you know, Jackson just man, he just cried and wanted to be up, and so there was no real rest for the weary. Now, my wife did cook a pretty amazing meal, um, and the next day she kind of surprised me because uh, there was an event that is happening in July that I wanted to go to, but I really haven't scheduled myself to go to too much just because, you know, we're still trying to get our schedules together and figure out what works with the baby. So I initially didn't buy tickets and I was cool. Um, And then on Monday she went and got me tickets so I can go see NXT when they come in July. So yeah. Oh, that's dope. That's a a very, very good thing. And then my daughter, uh, got me uh, a Father's Day gift early. She actually had a T-shirt made for me that said Super Dad, and she was very specific in the details. It was blue and silver for the color of the Cowboys, which she knows is my favorite NFL team. Um, and then it had two thousand. What I, I saw that look, you WCW Redskins lover, two thousand one, and then two thousand nineteen. <laughs> representing the years of the birth of my children so it was a really cool moment and uh yeah so it was a good father's day it was a really really good father's day it was just so different you know uh with a fresh newborn who's just like i don't care what day it is you will take care of me today so yeah (laughs) (laughs) since you threw your boy out there i i gotta say i'm a wcw redskin laker as we just signed your boy AD, well, and listen, we're going to the championship. I got no issue with the Lakers. The Lakers have lots of good history behind them. Um, you know, it's just the Redskins that the only the only good thing that the Redskins ever did, the only good thing the Redskins ever did was give us Doug Williams, first black quarterback to play in the Super Bowl. That's what they gave. And us. so, how can y'all say we're racist? How can you say the organization said, is racist? I never said the Redskins were We love were, you people. No, I never said the Ooh, Redskins what? were racist, but I'll say this. We have to consider that racism doesn't just deal with black people. Like, you cannot – that that's like having a football team called the N-word. Like, really? And y'all thought that was okay? What? So you mm-hmm. thought it was okay when Vince said bones through your nose? I, I, now, listen, when was the last so time you heard Vince me this, defending Vince McMahon? 
I've not done it. I've not done it. It's been quite some time. Thank you very that's, much. That's classic. Speaking of defending, I met James Dwight on, on Monday night for the first time. Shout out James White. Really? Shout out his amazing family. Yeah. His son walked up to me first and said, hey, Pastor Courtney, salute. And I said, oh, no, he knows the show. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. James's wife ran up to me and she's this is her exact words. Bay, he too big. You're gonna have to fight him by yourself. Cause she remembers <laughs> when we used to be with the show. Yeah, that's awesome. Is so she said you sound just like you do on the show. It was really cool meeting them. Yeah. They did say they want to see Clack though because they got some words for him. Ah. So uh, he definitely did not say that. Clack, I'm telling you now. His son said, "Don't let me see Clack." <laughs> what he said? He did not. You yeah, just, that's man. I'm trying to tell you. Mess with me and Baby White. <sighs> Baby White did not say that. Gosh, that's <laughs> Baby hilarious. White. Baby White. What Baby White's world? a baller, though. He's telling me so. Baby White's traveling and playing ball. So, Clack, when you see Baby White, you may have to teach him a little lesson. So, James, set it up. Yeah. yeah here's all I'll say: is send Baby White to my house for the weekend. Uh -oh. I take good care of him. Uh oh. It's, Ooh, it's, he too what, shall what, be what? rebuked. He too shall be rebuked. Don't forget, uh, DB. Don't forget that Clack said that he could beat any any senior pastor in America in basketball. He did say a that. year ago. He did say that, and that's I'm in, what he said. I'm in now, now, now. I think I may know one that could take you Who? out. Carl he, Lentz. John Henderson. Carl Lentz. Man, Clack Hill song, New York. A dunk on Carl. Ah, Carl is nice. I've seen Carl Man, back in the go day. He'll from Carl nice. to Carl Lint pockets. Oh, he better not show up. Listen, so if you guys missed last week's show, I saw, we, we uh, uh, see. I saw Clack dunk at the Rutgers. Last week, we had quite the show. We recapped uh, the controversial Super Showdown pay-per-view, and it was controversial having nothing to do with being in Saudi Arabia. Also, uh, the Dominion pay-per-view from New Japan. Uh, we talked about Goldberg versus The Undertaker and how Bray Wyatt should be booked with the Firefly Funhouse. Go back, check it out. It's episode 169 of The Faction, available uh, wherever it is that you get your podcast. That means today's episode 170. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. Well, welcome to episode 170 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We're definitely going to talk G1 Climax participants and AEW, have they done it again? Ring of Honor versus New Japan. We'll definitely talk Raw and the Fire Funhouse SmackDown. And what's your predictions for the Stomping Ground pay-per-view? But before we do, it's probably like my Wi-Fi. The Root of All Evil by Aleister Black. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be.
faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That was the root of all evil. Alistair Black's theme song. GB, give us the news. All right. So we have quite a bit of news to talk about on today's show. We're going to kick things off talking about one of the biggest tournaments in pro wrestling with lots of great history connected to it. And that would be the G1 Climax Tournament. Now in its 29th presentation, New Japan is making history on a number of levels with this particular uh, comp- with this particular tournament. Now, here's what we know about the New Japan uh, G1 Climax. The winner of this tournament gets a title shot, an automatic title shot for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship or the championship of their choosing at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, this is going to be kind of big because Wrestle Kingdom this or this coming year for 2020 will be a two-day event, so that's going to be pretty crazy. And the G1 Climax, for the first time ever, will begin outside of Japan. It's going to begin in Dallas, Texas on July the 6th as the A Block will get going. And here's something even crazier. The show in Dallas is going to air live on Access TV beginning 6 p.m. Eastern. And then check this out. All Saturday G1 29 shows are going to be broadcast on that same day on Access TV. Now, that's huge in terms of television coverage here in the United States. Now, if you have NJPW World, all of the G1 Climax events will stream live on there as always. It's going to be absolutely amazing. So I want to run down some of the folks involved in the A Block and then the B Block. And then we'll talk about maybe what we might think. C for the G1 Climax. So in the A block, well, let me back up because there are those who may be joining us who aren't familiar with the G1 Climax tournament and how it's structured. It is basically 20 wrestlers, okay, 10 in the A block, 10 in the B block. There's a round-robin tournament of sorts where, you know, a certain amount of wins gets you a certain amount of points, and ultimately you need to win your block to move to the finals, and the finals of this tournament will take place uh, in August, and here's how that's going to go down. It'll be the winner of the A block versus the winner of the B block. So lots of unique things can happen with all this said. But with that said, here's who are the folks in the A block. You've got Lance Archer, Will Ospreay, Bad Luck Fale, Evil and Sonata, Zack Sabre Jr., the returning Kenta, formerly known as Hideo Itami, Kota Ibushi, Kazuchika Okada, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. They are in the A block. The B block looks like this. Juice Robinson, Shingo Tagaki, Tetsuya Naito, who is the brand new Intercontinental Champion, and I forgot to mention Will Ospreay is the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Toro Yano, Jeff Cobb, Tomohoro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Switchblade Jay White, Tai Chi, and get this, the IWGP US Champion, John Moxley, his first time ever in the G1 Climax. All right, man, what do you think we're going to see? Because there are some pretty significant matches that are going to happen during this tournament. 
First off, let's start out with, 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 with to me, which, which is breaking news. Saturday, July 6th, Dallas American Airlines Arena. Mm-hmm. That is major. Yes, yes. It's we are watching guys go into areas that were deprived of them. Yes. On the American soil that only Vince had gone to. And you mean to tell us in Dallas we're going to get old Kata versus Tanahashi, Ibushi right. versus Kenta, Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer? And let me tell you this, Lance Archer has lost a lot of matches, but Lance Archer can wrestle, people. He can. He's due one to come up. Mm-hmm. And as, as far as I remember, I think Lance Archer has been bounced in the first round of every tournament they've had. Yeah. So... So he, he's a modern-day journeyman, but, God, he really can wrestle. Evil versus Bad Luck Fale, Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. That is going to be an incredible night. Then at the Tokyo Oda General uh, Gymnasium, mm-hmm. they're there for a few nights. And then at the Hokata Sports Center, of course, everybody wants to see John Moxley win this thing. But I can tell you, that's not good for AEW business. Well, I disagree with so, you. I disagree with you. Oh, you think it would be? And here's a couple of reasons why. So, for one, you know, a lot of people are aware that there's not really a working relationship between AEW and New Japan, uh, except for this wise. Now, we know right now that there are two guys who are doing double duty, Chris Jericho and now John Moxley. The deal behind John Moxley and New Japan is that John Moxley signed with New Japan before he signed with AEW. And here's how the two will never conflict. Because what AEW has done when they signed John Moxley, AEW now gets John Moxley's exclusive U.S. appearances. This is why the Dallas show will not feature John Moxley at all, because it would violate his AEW contract. Now, here's what this also means this also means that John Moxley is free to tear it up all in Japan as long as there aren't really conflicts with AEW and vice versa. So I think this has potential to really be big for John Moxley. The only challenge is how does John Moxley represent New Japan if he can't do so in the United States? Now, for instance, he's the current U.S. champion, but right now he can't appear on U.S. soil as the IWGP US champion because he can't represent New Japan in the US as he has as AEW has all of his exclusive US rights. So this gets very interesting, particularly when we look at the premise with which AEW was seemingly put together as an alternative to WWE, yet certainly some of their business practices seem more WWE like than they do indie like. What do you think about this deal uh, yeah. with John Moxley? I, I think it's brilliant. It gives the wrestler the opportunity to have the best of both worlds. Sure. He can go abroad and he can work, but when he's on the main soil, which we call the United States, he is uh, the the exclusive uh, uh, wrestler of AEW. Listen, the Khan family—they're no slouch when it comes to business. They know how to give the people what they want, but also make sure that their investments are protected. They knew coming off, Moxley's going to be the hottest thing coming. So let's offer him this deal. Now, what I'm interested to know is, uh, will Anderson and uh, and Gallo, will they get that same type of deal when they become free agents? Because we all suspect they're going to go to AEW. Will the other guys get those same type of uh, deals? Because if so, 
I think it's absolutely brilliant. Now, here's where I have to apologize. I said that the departure of the Young Bucks, the departure of Kenny Omega, the departure of one Dustin, Dusty, I mean Cody Rhodes, would impact the G1 climax this year. I don't see it. Well, and and that's because of one John Moxley. Let's just let's Very just call true. a spade a spade. Now, I, what what yeah. better business than to help somebody move forward, and you don't even have to show up for it. You can send a representative. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 and here's the cool thing, right? So this, uh, the Dallas card has no shortage of people familiar to uh, the U.S. wrestling audience. Uh, of course, Kenta, fresh off of his WWE stint as Hideo Itami. Um, let's not forget that virtually all of these guys were a part of the big uh, G1 Supercard in Madison Square Garden during WrestleMania weekend. I think we also have to acknowledge a couple of things, right? One of the big things to acknowledge is when we're talking about New Japan and their partnership with Ring of Honor, which we'll get into in just a second, let's be honest. New Japan is who filled up Madison Square Garden, not Ring of Honor. New Japan has realized, hey, if we sold out Madison Square Garden, we can sell out the American Airlines Arena in Dallas. We can go to any arena we want to. And so, uh, you know, the Dallas situation, I think, is going to be very good. And what I think people underestimate is this. Because of the power of the Internet, because of the power of NJPW World and all of these streaming services now, streaming services are the equivalent to the 80s cable. Okay. And oh, by far. So, and so because of that. Japan isn't as far away as it seems, right? So on an airplane, it's about 5,000 miles away. But if I can pull it up at the top of the super information highway or the information superhighway, then it's not that far. I can adjust my times when I wake up or I can watch it on demand. So these guys, really to the pure wrestling fan who's going to come out and see them, are just as relevant as anybody else in the business. So I think they've got a big win on their hands with what they do. And here's what's crazy. This G1 Supercard does not involve anybody currently signed to Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. That 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 to me is major. You look at the last year of this tournament, and you have a guy like a Tanahashi winning in the year before that you have a Naito winning mm-hmm. so this thing is really wide open and don't forget that Kenta has something to prove yes let's also not forget that Kenta was a Japanese legend before he came to WWE and the fact Boom. that he, and you know he he created for everybody who loves CM Punk Kenta is the creator of the GTS or the go to sleep um, and so let's look at the fact that night one He's in Dallas, and he takes on Kota Ibushi. Can you say dream match? It's going to be crazy. They've stacked that night one card. This man is 2011 Tokyo Sports Technical Wrestler of the Year. We don't even have that in America to have Technical Wrestler of the Year. Sure don't. Outstanding performance 2013. He has awards that go from 2002 to current. Well, will be current once he, if he does well here. Mm-hmm. But this man can wrestle, which is why we, as unblind wrestling fans, looked at Hideo Atami and I always said if he can get healthy, he'd be something. Right. 
it, it, it's a shame that health became such an issue for Hideo Itami because I remember when he first came over and he ended up teaming with uh, Finn Balor, both of them fresh off of their New Japan runs, and they had a moment where they were battling each other, and to me, I was like in hog heaven. I was like, this is amazing. Then he got injured. I personally think he was supposed to at some point be NXT champion, but he couldn't yeah. stay healthy. I hope that he's Dude, able to so remain sad. Healthy. Yeah, it is sad. I hope he's he able to. He was red hot in ROH. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. So, so with that said, speaking of ROH, an interesting thing has happened with Ring of Honor. Juice Robinson, former IWGP US champion, uh, had been participating with Ring of Honor. As you know, they do some talent swapping every now and again. He started the year off doing some talent swapping with Ring of Honor. In fact, when New Japan was doing a number of their uh, U.S. stateside dates, they would connect with and use a lot of Ring of Honor talent and vice versa. Well, Juice Robinson is one of the latest folks who happens to be unhappy with life at Ring of Honor. And so he has decided he's not going back to Ring of Honor, as he really kind of doesn't have to. And this is just another incident where you've got another superstar from New Japan who'd rather be in Japan than at Ring of Honor. And so, what do you think this means for Ring of Honor? Does this? Do you think this means some sort of perhaps dissolving uh, over time of a partnership with, with New Japan? Or maybe he has nothing to say. I don't know. Well, here's my thought. Uh, I, I don't know if Courtney, Courtney, are you there, brother? Courtney, I'm here. Is uh, the, oh, the, you the were platform in, that you were on. intentionally silent? Oh man! No, I know. I, I listen, man. Everybody's get on a podcast, Aaron. How they feel? Okay. You, you know, I, I mean, imagine me going on, on, on another podcast and telling the world that that I'm unhappy with the faction. Uh, but but here, here here's what, what what I think is happening. Guys have options now. Yes. And when options come around, guys don't stay at the dance with the girl they came to the dance with. This is true. Mm. And now that they, I, I I don't even know who to give credit to. I, I want to say Kurt Angle was the first renegade mm -hmm. that we saw that left WWE and went to TNA. And I think to your point months ago, I think you said Kurt Angle had just as long of a stint in TNA as he did in WWE. He had a longer stint. A longer stint mm -hmm. and was successful. Yes. Yes. There was one point where he so, held wait. five championships simultaneously in TNA. Which, which let, let me say this, Vince, if you're listening, you could really make some money off the uh, Legends belt, fam. Mm -hmm. A legend performing twice a year well, to hold a belt? Probably now is not the best time to suggest that on the heels of Goldberg Undertaker. Well, we're not talking about those type of legends. I'm well, talking about guys who... What legends would you be referencing? I I'd still remember years ago when we got Steamboat in the ring and he looked actually decent. I was live for that. I re totally remember that. Yeah, but how so, many? So if there are guys, but let's remember though uh, in that a, a same DDP, match, well, a, a DDP would still look fluid in the ring. That's two. Who else? Like if we're gonna have a legends division, who would be a part oh, of that? Oh, uh, I, I think Booker. Booker would look great. Uh, 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 DDP would look great. You could throw a, a Dustin Rhodes in that group of legends 
guys who uh, I bet a Dean Malenko with a little weight loss would actually look good in the ring. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I think that that's a hard one to figure. I just listened to a podcast with uh, Booker T as he was talking about the Undertaker-Goldberg situation. And Booker T was saying, oh. yeah, oh, it's really intriguing. When Booker T was talking, because, you know, he runs his own wrestling promotion called Reality of Wrestling, uh, which has produced some pretty impressive stars, uh, Ember Moon being one of them. The Usos came through there, uh, a number of great folks. But he was saying he just did a match with one of his guys from Reality of Wrestling. And while he looks in great shape, he said he thought he was going to die. So, you know, I mean, like, he, those were his, his exact words. I think what we, what we are forgetting <laughs> Young is... Young guy blew him up. Yeah, that's the thing. When these wrestlers get out of wrestling shape in terms of being in that ring over and over, getting your body conditioned to that, when you get out of that and go to get back in it, it's not good. So I don't know if they were well, to do a Legends Championship. Um, I, I, there it would have to be a, a severe test to see... When that would happen, and 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 who would be a part? I don't think there are enough wrestlers out there um, to constitute a legit legends division. I, I I I think there are. I think there may be a lot of guys that we aren't just thinking about on the ready right now. But I think that if legends knew that they had, that it was a certain date every year and they could prepare, they could start getting themselves together. Uh, to do something now here's the difference and we're, we're way off track but the difference is in the 80s you could wrestle until you were 70 because we can mentally tolerate a headlock for five minutes well and not just that but schedules were a little different for instance while yes they were on the road 300 days a year they did tapings once a month right so if you're doing tapings once a month you're not traveling as much uh, as you are, if you, you and there's not that kind of pressure, right? The pressure of live TV. So I don't think that should be required of legends. I think a good legends division would be a, a one night clash of the champion style, where you get a chance to see some stars from the old, and for one night they come out and they tear it up once a year. I mean, heck, if you could get Terry Funk out there, he'd be there. Well, ter Terry Funk is just crazy, but. Yeah, you know that that's it's an interesting concept, and I, I can see some pros and cons because the other side of it is, of course, you know there are upstart wrestlers and a lot of the current generation that still feels like they are left to compete with Attitude Era and older folks who just won't leave the business alone. Like if we're honest, Ric Flair would jump back in that ring right now if he had the opportunity. No one should ever let this man put on wrestling tights again and is, shame any promoter who does. But this is the point, right? It's like, okay, who draws the line? I think honestly, well, I started to say Vince McMahon is a better judge of that, but maybe he's not considering what he just he did with just that Saudi money. He just Batista punch Flair in the face. Well, well, Batista's in better shape, even though he tripped over the ropes at WrestleMania. He's in better shape than most of these and, others. And that's, I think that right there is is the timing of it all. Wrestling is a timing game as well. Sure it is. I mean, you, let's, I, I told you I watched the, the movie you told me to watch about Paige. You want to get a receipt? Yeah. Be out of timing. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, be out of time. I, I totally agree. So, so, yeah, I don't know. So when, when, when it comes to the scathing Ring of Honor uh, uh, news, I'm not shocked because 
there are different markets. You can go to New Japan now. You can go to, uh, to I mean, ROH is an option. You can go to Impact. You can go to NXT. You can go to AEW. You can go to Evolve. You can now, if you just want to wrestle for a living, you can make a living as a wrestler. Will you have to grind? Yes. But now you can also sell your own merch online. Yes, That's where the game changed to me. Yeah. It wasn't the fact that you can wrestle wherever you want to. It's the fact that my t-shirts can be sold via pro wrestling tees. And I now control my own Twitter and Instagram, and I control my brand. Well, Shout out Kurt Angle because he's the first one to take a chance. But I would I would say equally important with that are the streaming services and the internet because here's the deal: you oh, yeah. can have yeah. you can have all the merch all day long, but if people don't know who you are, there's no connection to the merch. So I think listen, the, I, the, yeah, a kid, a kid wanted to know if I watch Twitch wrestling. Yeah. So the re- streaming changes everything. It changes everything. It 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 changes accessibility. Um, you know, again, and it's not just for the privileged anymore. You know, back in the '80s, cable was seemingly for the privileged. I went to my grandfather's house early on to watch cable because I didn't have it until later on. Uh, you know, getting into the '90s or whatever. So I think the reality of it is, you know, now with streaming services, YouTube, it's not an exorbitant cost. To do that, you got an interesting scenario. Now, quickly on Ring of Honor, here's my thought about Ring of Honor. And I I walk carefully because I love all these wrestling promotions and hope to be employed by one uh, sometime in the future. But I have to call a spade a spade. I think what Ring of Honor, you know, they initially formed to be that pure wrestling alternative to the sports entertainment that WWE was doing. And where they messed up was because they're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, they did not seek after larger TV deals. They did not seek to improve or increase their production. And so what's happened is other promotions have come out the gate and they've come even smaller promotions like MLW. uh, You know, for their size, they have better production value than Ring of Honor. And so you start looking at that. Of course, New Japan Impact has had some really solid production value. And then God knows, I can't even, All Elite, good Lord, All Elite came out the gate with double or nothing looking like WWE, if not crisper at times. So I think Ring of Honor has stayed stuck. And because, now, now consider this, here's a scary thought. Ring of Honor's streaming service, they have their regular tier and their VIP tier. And their VIP tier is more than the WWE Network. So if the WWE Network... Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Impact Plus is less than that. NJPW World is less than that. Um, Let's see. uh, 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 Progress is like $7.99 a month. I think what's happening is you've got to be competitive. And for Ring of Honor, you can't charge more and still have low production value. Their stuff still looks local, and they've got to do better. To me, here's my thought. If, If a TV company owns you, you ought to have the best in production. You ought to have the best cameras, all those other things, because you as a wrestling company don't have to buy it. You know, that's kind of like if a yeah. sound, totally like agree. if an audio visual company owned a church, like if they owned a church, why should that church 
have horrible screens and piss poor sound. Like that shouldn't be. You know, that shouldn't be. All right, very we, true. We very take a true. break. When we come back, boy, there's still a lot to talk about. We will get into Raw and SmackDown, but AEW has made some additional announcements. Plus, we're going to talk about AEW's not all in, but all out. We'll talk about what happened as those tickets went on sale and what that actually means for the business. But right now, let's go to some music uh, representing NXT. He's the original bro, the king of bros. Matt Riddle's theme song, it's called Hey Bro. You've got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. Bro.
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Is in the building. <laughs> you can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Why, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iphone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click Advertise. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That was Hey Bro by Matt Riddle. GB, I'm all out. Talk about it. Listen, All Out is on its way. We got our first bit of news about All Out during the Double or Nothing pay-per-view when they issued a great promo telling us that tickets would be on sale in June, etc. Well, tickets went on sale this Friday, and All Out sold out in 15 minutes. A real sellout, folks. Much like Double or Nothing was a real sellout. Much like All In was a real sellout. This is very interesting that All Elite in an era where w- you remember WWE during uh, the Attitude Era would talk about tickets went on sale and we sold out WrestleMania in five minutes flat. We sold out, yeah. you know, SummerSlam in four minutes, or we sold out in an hour. I have not heard the WWE talk about a sellout in years. And yet this new quote-unquote upstart promotion, All Elite Wrestling, is not selling out a 2,000-seat arena. They're selling out 10, 12, 14, 15,000-seat arenas. What do you think is happening that All Elite has this almost rabid following such that it's crashing websites, etc., etc.? What's going on? What's the secret to All Elite being able to to sell all out right place at the right time Hmm. the 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 product that people have known to package it has become stale Mm -hmm. and has refused to change yeah and all of a sudden here comes this new thing feeling fresh of a guy who took a chance now i do believe this cody has the right story he is basically like a Kennedy running for president. Okay. He's the son of a guy that the world of wrestling loves. You cannot find a wrestling fan that does not Dusty Rhodes. Cody has looked like father. He even has a little bit of a lisp. 
And you know what else I love about Cody? Cody has buried this thing where he was fighting against Dusty to now he embraces being the dream son. Mm. And because of that, you put that tenacity, you put that with uh, with everything he's doing over at All Elite, you put it with the con money, but you also put it on a chance. Last year, he took a chance. Mm-hmm. He took it to a city that's willing to take a chance. He took it to a city that feel like we gave you a good wrestling star and you didn't respect him and CM Punk, so we got something to prove. Mm. You put all that together, and they're breaking records. Yeah. You know what I think? What's that? They could have had it at the American Airline Arena, and they would have sold out. I agree. I agree. So you best believe Gerard Cleophas Bonner, they're building to something major. I'm not even watching this thing right now. They're building to something that's really going to shift gears. Watch what I say. They're going after a football stadium. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. Can you imagine? First of all, there's not been an event on U.S. soil to rival WrestleMania in terms of size, in terms of no. marketing. I think if you're mentioning that, it could be headed there. Can you imagine a rival, a legit rival to WrestleMania? Can you now? I, I I hate to go this direction. I wish Clack was here to defend this. Do you know the greatness we then start getting out of Vince McMahon and Triple H again? Or so you hope. Like here's the thought. No, we would. No, 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 if, no, if no. If those no. kids can talk Vince into letting Triple H run it, well, now, now that's we that, that's the big silent P that you did not mention. You know, the truth of it is. NXT is a completely different ballgame, as we've talked about, because of Triple H having the autonomy that he has had. Let me mention something that I think is very interesting. Let's not think it's strange that on last Saturday, last Friday, All Out sells out in 15 minutes. And WWE has a pay-per-view called Stomping Grounds this Sunday in Tacoma, Washington, where it is a verifiable fact that they are selling tickets, buy one, get one free, to try to fill the building. And they still haven't filled the building. In a market, mind you, that is not a major market. It shouldn't be hard to fill a building in Tacoma, Washington. But let's face it, the WWE product, no matter what you call this pay-per-view, is not something that people want to see right now. And when a market that doesn't get much TV won't show up for it, that's kind of telling. I can get front row seats in Tacoma, Washington right now for stomping ground for the low price of one seventy four ninety GB. That's, that's pathetic. That is crazy. For, for, for what, four days before the pay-per-view? Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Four, four days. days. Four days. Those tickets used to be $300, $400. And they would not be available. They wouldn't be available. It's very, very interesting to see what's happening with this. And what's scarier to me is that WWE still won't push the panic button. Well, maybe not in some places. I think I saw one place this week where they pushed Uh-oh, the panic do tell. button. And I'm jumping ahead of myself uh, when I do this. But why not? Let's switch the order up. Why not? Just because uh, I felt like SmackDown was a push of the panic button. Okay. Let me tell you why. On a couple of no- there were a couple of things that happened on SmackDown that made me go, "Oh, wait a minute. 
Number one, the 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 moment of bliss, which I usually completely bypass, with Bailey and Alexa Bliss. First of all, we've never had a conversation that mentioned Bailey and Alexa Bliss as something that caught our eye before. But this was something very, very special. It did a couple of things. First of all, it felt real, right? This wasn't Alexa being Alexa. Alexa now, Alexa said something which made me go, oh, she literally, you could hear her under her breath saying, oh, so you really want to do this? You really want to do this? Okay. And then she talked about what happened when she was at NXT. And she talked about how nobody treated her nice, including Bailey. And then Bailey jumped out. And Bailey, for the first time on WWE television, used a cuss word. And I'm like, wait a minute. We're seeing we we saw Bailey in jeans. Praise the Lord. We saw Bailey. Yeah, in, yes. You know what I mean? We saw B- Bailey was not the you know fun loving wearing tassels. She looked like a woman and not a little girl. And she defended herself as such. She threw the first punch, and their promo was scathing. I was like, oh. This is what we need, and we didn't know we needed it. And then, so, and, and then the other piece that got me was Daniel Bryan on commentary. When Daniel Bryan was talking about the Heavy Machinery tag team, and the comment was made that they are uh, that Heavy Machinery is paying homage to the Bushwhackers. He said, "The Bushwhackers. Tell me the last time the Bushwhackers won the tag team championships." And the and the uh, and and you know Tom Phillips was like, well, they didn't, but they're in the Hall of Fame. And then he responded with a response that says to me, maybe he's been listening to the faction. He said, yeah, and Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. Then he went on to say, if you're gonna model yourself after anybody, don't model yourself after the Bushwhackers. Model yourself after the Sheep Herders. Which you can find ah. on the WWE Network. Now, that's the first time I can remember the Sheep Herders ever being mentioned on WWE <laughs> television. And the fact that Daniel Bryan is doing this on live TV, these are the things that made us like SmackDown in the first place. These are the glimmers of hope. It, and yes. I, and I think this is in response to hitting the panic button. We aren't selling out. This rival promotion is going because here's the deal. Like we got to tell the truth about this. WWE has this um, aura about it that would make you think that it's selling out Madison Square Garden everywhere it goes. They haven't sold out a house show in years. Firstly, they haven't sold out a TV show in years. You remember during the heyday, they would tell you how many people have jam-packed it. We got 20,646 <laughs> who jam-packed yeah. this arena. They don't even talk about crowd sizes anymore because it's depressing. You've got too much of the building blacked off in black curtain. And now you've got this rival yeah. promotion going into the buildings that you would go in, selling out in 15 minutes or less. When new, when, when WWE is in uh, Vegas, they're at the Thomas and Mack Center or they're at, you know, the T-Mobile Arena. They aren't doing MGM Grand. So I, I think they've hit the panic button only in a small way. They've not pressed the panic button well, full on and they need to. 
but they took away everything we were talking about. We love Talking Smack. Mm-hmm. We love the show that came on after Raw. We love Stone Cold's podcast. We love JBL's. We loved all those things. Everything that was provocative that made us watch, made us watch to the end because we wanted to be in the conversation right. they took away from us. They now, did. let me just say, you have to know how giddy I was when I heard the sheep herd. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, GP. Yes, yes, yes. You know that's my era there, fam. Oh, yes. And for many of you that don't know, listen, the Bushwhackers were comical. Oh. The sheep herders were scary. Yes. They were killers. They wrestled even in Memphis. And you thought at some point they could get, don't don't let them catch Fuller and Jimmy Golden somewhere. They'll ride up on them. They ride yeah. up on the fabulous one, Stan Lane yeah. and Steve Kern. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. They they were a special breed. And again, to see them whitewashed uh, and sanitized in the way that they were was uh, really really crazy. But maybe it was because and you that's know- been Daniel Bryan's whole cry. Mm-hmm. People have come from the Indies yeah. and they've been washed out yeah. by this thing yeah. that you have sold then. We get a Dean Ambrose, but we never know John Moxley. Never. Isn't it terrible that Dean Ambrose was on seemingly wrestling's biggest stage for six or seven years and we're seeing more out of him now than we did that entire time there? And then they drag the caucus of a Dolph Ziggler who doesn't want to be there back on TV. Mm. His passion is gone. Gone. He's one of the best wrestlers that they've had walk through the. I mean, have you seen a hungrier guy? This guy. Have you seen Dolph Ziggler is the epitome of a company man. Mm -hmm. He did everything they asked him to do. Yeah, he did. Including wrestling in 103 degree weather. He's done it. Didn't he, though? He's done it. Didn't he, though? He's done it. So it's- And then they send him home because he's tired, and they pay him to be quiet. And then somebody spilled, J- JR spills the beans. He did. That he's being paid to be quiet, and they bring him back. Yeah. It's it's a pretty crazy scenario, and uh, yeah, I just and they're killing Kofi's run as as, as champion. It, it's it's starting to mean nothing. Well, and and part of it is there are great guys for Kofi to take on. They just aren't doing a, a great job with this. But with that said, since we're now in WWE country, let's uh, let's dig into this raw recap because there are some some interesting moments that we need to talk about. Courtney, take it away. WWE Raw was live from the Staples Center in Los Angeles. That's right, home to the LA Lakers and the newly welcome AD. Your boy O'Shea Jackson Jr. was was in the building for that (laughs) night, and Raw kicked off with Ricochet defeating The Miz, Braun Strowman, Cesaro, Bobby Lashley to earn the right to challenge U.S. champion Samoa Joe at stomping ground. Lacey Evans confronted Raw Women's champion Becky Lynch. The Viking Raiders defeated Ruse and Randy Taylor in the 24-7 champion R-Truth, and Carmella was spotted in the the New Day defeated Baron Corbin, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. The Usos defeated Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Roman Reigns brawled with Shane McMahon and just a ton of other people. WWE Women's Champion, the Iconics, defeated Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Bray Wyatt invited you to join him in the Fire Funhouse. Don't go. Universal Champion Seth Rollins defeated SmackDown Champion Daniel Bryan. GB, how did you make it to the boredom of WWE Raw? 
Well, if I'm completely transparent, I fell asleep. (sighs) Gee. Fell asleep. Um, Are you serious? Fell asleep to the point where when I woke up, it was like 1 a.m. fell asleep. So I tried to watch... Uh, on the good replay. Oh, that thing put you in um, a deep nod. It, it did put me in a deep nod, but in watching the replay and a few things, there are a couple of takeaways. For one, Seth Rollins uh, is really looking to make Raw into his image. Um, he is very clearly, I don't think there's any question about who the man is on Monday Night Raw. It is Seth Rollins. Um, who is you know running around with a chair hitting people etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, which I think for Seth is a good thing to finally break out of the shadow of the shield um, though I still think it's hard to have Seth and Roman on the same show and not think about the shield even if they aren't interacting with each other uh, I will say this I am tired tired super tired of Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans need not talk. What is anymore. her deal? Oh my god, her her promos are downright painful to listen to and the chemistry between her and Becky Lynch doesn't exist. Um Becky's trying. GB what 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 is this 198 no offense if you're listening sir but this is 84 Jim Cornette is booking this. This this is not this is Robert not, Fuller's booking. Yeah, this is not good. It is not good. And I think it has, you know, their attempts to put well, let's let's okay, let's go here. You want to talk about a lack of continuity. How do we go from <laughs> the women main eventing WrestleMania, which mind you was only 2 months ago? Okay, it feels like it was two years ago and and four hours too late into the show. Yes. How do we go from all the work that was done with that to women's revolution to where we are now, where it honestly feels like the women have taken several steps back in their progress? Um, Because you know what, DB? It was fake. We, we, We were duped. We were duped to think that they really wanted the women to headline because they respected women. And the moment they put the women on at 1 a.m. East Coast, I knew then this is all fake. We all know prime time is 7, 8, 9 p.m. When something comes on at 1 in the morning, we can't call that headlining anymore. They did it because they thought it was cool, not because they actually believed. Well, let me say a couple of things. I'm not going to say it was fake. I won't say that. What I will say is this. No, what, what I will say is this. Number one, I think WWE has always believed that the last thing on the WrestleMania card should be deemed the main event regardless of the time. Now, One o'clock is late, okay? There's no doubt about it. But we've had main events 
hit at 11. We've had main events hit at 12. And that's not foreign in combat sports. It's happened in boxing all the time. You know, because boxing would happen on the West Coast. So on the East Coast, you know, the card would start at 9. And the big fight wouldn't hit until 11 or 12. And, you know, for those who didn't have cable or pay-per-view, you were trying to catch snippets of it on SportsCenter. And SportsCenter didn't have it because it wasn't over yet. So Yeah, I don't but, think... but, but, but boxing fans had not been watching since 2 p.m. Well, well, but here's the deal, right? Here's the deal. I think the issue is not that it was fake. I think what WWE did not do is they did not have a long-term plan in place. And here's why I say that. They rested everything on the shoulders of Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. They had no clear contingency plan for post-WrestleMania. So what do we do when Ronda Rousey is gone? Because here's the problem. If Ronda Rousey disappears and so does the women's revolution, then you can easily say that the women's revolution and all the attention was Ronda Rousey and not the people that were there. Here's the other problem that happened. You had a you had a perfect storm, right? You had these women's tag team championships, which were supposed to do something valuable. So then you screw Sasha Banks out of that. Sasha goes away. Uh, Nia Jax, who's your former women's champion, gets injured at Mania. Uh, So you lost a number of big stars. And then you had others who were injured that were just coming back, like an Ember Moon, who has not been seen on TV very much. You have the former women's champion coming up to the week before WrestleMania, Asuka, who, let's remember, at, at WrestleMania last year was in a marquee match against Charlotte Flair. Now she's nowhere to be found. You have her and Kyrie Sane, two amazing talents, which just magically appeared this week, but they were backstage after having been gone from SmackDown for three to four weeks. You've got a lot of things that are happening with these women that, you know, was unthinkable. Let me just tell you how 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 backwards this is. Do you remember 2011? Yes. 2011? 2012? 2011. 2011. When The Rock was right here in Atlanta. as the sp- Matter of fact, we watched that WrestleMania together. The Rock versus, excuse me, J- John Cena versus The Miz. With The Rock as the special guest referee. Happened right here in Atlanta. The next night, they went on television and they billboarded the main event for WrestleMania 28 as John Cena versus The Rock. They had a contingent, they had a plan. And they let this thing ride for a solid year, right? How is it that coming out of WrestleMania, the biggest women's match in wrestling history, two titles on the line, you did all this stuff to put it in here, and there's no contingency plan. We can't even see to the next pay-per-view, let alone to the next WrestleMania. We know Ronda's out trying to have a baby. So you take both, you take one belt off of 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 Becky, all right. You give a belt to Bailey. I'm okay with that. But here's the deal: the deal is the women's division was about more than just the champions. So you've got your SmackDown champion. You don't really have a SmackDown women's division anymore because of this stupid 
asinine wild card rule, which is just a free-for-all at this point. It's not even the rule of four people anymore. You can't even count how many people from Raw end up on SmackDown and vice versa. It doesn't make sense sense and what you do when you have an alexa bliss who is raw get a shot at the smackdown women's championship you undermine all of the women in the women's division on smackdown and quite frankly on raw which by the way we can't even name the women in those divisions because outside of the champion and number one contender we don't know who they are we don't know and let me take it one step further and say this your women's tag team championships are now the joke that we feared that they would be. I thought they were going to be legit and really be able to do something. But your Iconics, which I thought could have been a cool move, they hardly won a match. They've hardly won any matches. They've had no title defenses. And now they're running around calling themselves the longest reigning women's tag team champions of all time. This is all poorly executed you cannot tell me by looking at this women's division that this was the same company that brought a main event for wrestlemania involving women well i'll tell you what what's brewing is they need to let becky lynch continue to do what she was i don't know if they're writing for her now or what they're doing but becky was red hot second time ring the bell i've said that in this uh, episode mm -hmm. she was red hot and you know what's happening now i think she's bored because one john cavanaugh conor mcgregor's corner man conor mcgregor's trainer conor mcgregor's coach is on twitter writing as we speak becky lynch would shine in mma now is that true one never knows i know she's from overseas she's tough as nails but when you have guys looking at wwe wrestlers saying they would do better outside of the business than they're currently doing in the business because there's no one to control what they say what they do and she can build heat on her own we are in for a problem yeah, this is a really interesting scenario. I mean, let's consider the fact that Becky literally is looking for her own fight. So she picked a fight with Beth Phoenix and Edge last week. Like, you know, she she's doing what she has to do to keep her heat up. But it is a shame. Becky was the hottest thing in this sport. It's kind of tapered off a bit. Um, Really, the only hot thing right now coming out of WWE is the Firefly Funhouse. And really, honestly. It is, and I've got a big thought about that that I want to share when we come back from break. When we do that, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about SmackDown Live, and we're going to talk about uh, this pay-per-view that's coming. Mm, SmackDown, or the Stomping Grounds predictions. We've got to make them to keep our championships going. Uh, we'll do all that in a minute, but let's take, some, take a break. And here's some music from one of the rising stars of NXT. She is Bianca Belair. Watch her shine, courtesy of CFO. You got it locked to the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I'm on my own against the wall. The pressure's building, but no, I will never fall. Instead of crying, they hear me roar. And now I see that I'm way better than before. I never needed you at all. Think I fall down? I'ma watch you fall down. I'm living large now. Watch me shine now, watch me, watch me shine 
Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm, I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. No, 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 no. Why you did that? Why you did that? What are you I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Oh, Lord. Stan Lee had a whole universe down in, in his head, in his, in his mind. <laughs> The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction that was watching me, Sean, Bianca Belair, GB. Let's keep it going. All right. So before we get into the official SmackDown recap, we were talking about kind of what's hot and what's not currently in WWE. And we spent some time kind of going off the beaten path, talking about what's happening with the women in WWE. But there is really one hot thing happening, and I think it is the Firefly Funhouse, uh, and I'm noticing some things at the Firefly Funhouse that I didn't notice before. Uh, before I get into that, man, what are your thoughts on this Firefly Funhouse with Bray Wyatt? I, I, I had mixed emotions in the beginning because I felt like he was targeting kids. Yeah, and we talked about that. Yeah, uh, I, something's terribly wrong with me because I'm over that now. <laughs> 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 I no longer care because so it's so funny. doggone entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last week you and I disagreed about whether it's going on for long and when it will end. And my concern is that he's not in the ring. Uh, uh, and and uh, for season that Vince McMahon to me this weekend, this week. There's the one doll that pokes his head through the through the door that looks eerily like Mr. McMahon with horns on his head. Yes. Uh, it, they grabbed my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm interested to see what this all ends up being. You know, I, I've had a couple of thoughts. Uh, for one, I really started noticing maybe about two weeks ago that first of all it may be worth going back to the beginning of these and watching them because there are not so hidden messages in them um you know for instance if you go back to the one where he was um well actually back to one of the first ones where he took the chainsaw to the old uh stand in of bray wyatt you know that kind of represented yeah. You know, they have done things to systematically tear apart the old Bray Wyatt. So from that to even the rambling rabbit and him busting that up, you know, it kind of references his rambling uh, promos that he used to have. Uh, that So there's hidden messages in all of them. Uh, there was the week that we saw that Vince McMahon ca- uh, character 
was around when we saw him like in the 80s workout gear right yeah yes and it was yes, kind of the whole yes. idea of vince telling bray hey look you need to lose weight so he goes in this workout plan so they're incorporating a lot of the real life perspectives and attitudes into this so even last week um when the rambling rabbit character kind of went off on his own and he was like you know rambling what? rabbit yeah, and he, and he goes on and he says, you know, uh, I'm really unhappy with what's happening here in the Funhouse. I think it's time for me to tell people what's really going on here. And and many have said that that was a, a play on John Moxley. You know, the idea of when he leaves the house, now he wants to tell the world all that's bad in WWE. There seems to be a hidden message in all of these things that are going down, which to me, it being so cerebral is why it's a big deal it's why it's so good it's why it keeps us on the edge of our toes and yet and still it's it's kind of eerie and kind of creepy and i remain a little concerned about it um and so here's my you know let me let me just say this don't watch it in mixed company for one um because no 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 i'm 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 reading a post right now of a, of a, of a lady who's saying it's satanic and when they ought to boycott it. Well, and here's the thing. They they do have the uh, that five-sided star thing. That I don't know what you call it, but that does they show do. up. It shows up when they go to switch scenes. So that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of hidden things in there that make me a little nervous at times. Um, He's doing the Illuminati thing too with his hands. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not exactly believing in the Illuminati, but uh, I'll just say that there's a, this is one of those situations. So, 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 to your point about him not being in the ring, I really think that Bray Wyatt is at a point where he's a special attraction, as Vince likes to call certain guys. And when you are a special attraction, Putting you in the ring every week uh, actually diminishes you because you become common. Um, there needs to be some sort of aura to you. Like like I said last week, the thing for me is I want to see how they're going to pull it off when he's actually in the ring. How many of these super cool Jedi mind tricks will they do or are they even going to need them? You know, it takes me back to and I hate to even reference this Papa Shango. You know, when Papa Shango first came out, he was the voodoo guy. And this is one of the first times that we start to see the lights go out. And, you know, we see fire and we see all these other things that are going on. You know, so they're going to have to really work hard. Now, here's the one thing that you have to admit. These specialty gimmicks don't become champions. Papa Shango wasn't a champ. The only special gimmick that really became a world champion was The Undertaker. Yeah. So I I don't know if Bray has aspirations to be a champion. I don't think his fans should be interested in him being a champion because I don't know that that's what this is about. This is about, to me, something far bigger than a championship. It is about leaving an incredible legacy where people will never forget who you are and what you've done. Think about this. ESPN and their wrestling power rankings currently has Bray Wyatt as number four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because number he, four right now. Yeah. And he's not touched. With the R Truth at six. 
Oh God, our truth. Who our truth is creating some television that at least makes you want to tune in. So let's let's get into that. That's a perfect segue into uh, last night's episode of SmackDown, which aired from a pretty interesting place, the Citizens Business Bank Arena in Ontario, Ca- uh, California. And I got to say, Ontario was really a great, great audience. They were on fire last night as it started off with Kofi Kingston, the new day, having quite a bit to say to start the show. And Dolph Ziggler came out in another promo where he said hey it should have been me it should have been B. yo it really really it should have been me then he goes on to defeat xavier woods in what was really a good match uh, i talked a bit about that moment of bliss that turned into pure chaos between uh, alexa bliss and i will call her the adult bailey yes uh heavy machinery yeah heavy machinery defeated the b team and god knows if this is what our tag team division is yikes uh the miz had a curveball thrown at him as he ended up in a tag team elimination match where he would team with the 24 7 champion r-truth and they would be defeated by drew mcintyre and elias uh, and then before we had another two out of three falls match, R-Truth is leaving the arena only to get pinned by Drake Maverick, who is now the new 24-7 champion. Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston, that would be the universal champion and the WWE champion on the same show, teaming up, and they defeat Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in a two out of three falls match in two consecutive falls. All right, what do you think of SmackDown Live? Oh uh, man! Throw 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 throw, throw the bathwater out, and whoever's in the bath with it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to be politically correct. Oh wow! Uh, throw throw out everything, the entire tub. GB besides the the what we sense to be real heat on Bailey and uh, Alexa Bliss, besides Daniel Bryan's. Great sheep herders piece. Mm-hmm. Besides the bit that the uh, that the new day did with EC three, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, that that goes back. What, what's the movie that we all used to watch in the eighties and nineties? Uh, uh, with the dead guy oh, and I they drag him exact, around. Yeah, I know exactly. Music, what you're talking but make about. him play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't. I, I, I can't think of his name. Yeah, but it SmackDown. I did not watch it in real time. Mm-hmm. I watched it this morning. Mm-hmm. I used the fast forward button on quite a few things. It's it's just not television that's must see these days. You guys out there in Radio Lane can't see what just happened. The valedictorian just yawned. Well, that has a he lot didn't to yawn because game. Jackson kept him up all night. Sure, he yawned because the product in which we speak of suck so bad well let me just say this i i actually you know those spurts for smackdown kind of worked for me spurts yeah we're talking about spurts well and here's why because i also could not ignore dolph ziggler cutting the same promo three or four weeks in a row like you know oh, you that. oh yeah i mean am i lying dolph ziggler no, here here's the which p- which lets me know he's phoning it in yeah because it's dolph freaking ziggler yeah I mean, I, I know Dolph is creative enough 
to do his own promo work and uh this whole it should have been me thing, he's a comedian for god's sake he is a comedian he know he's a smart guy he knows how to put things together so that's kind of crazy he still can work well in the ring which is good uh again i don't understand what's happening we talked about the demise in the last segment of the women's division we can say the same thing about the tag team division smackdown live prior to wrestlemania had the hottest tag team division in all of WWE. They had the Usos. They had the New Day. They had a few other teams that were really worth paying attention to. Now with this stupid superstar shakeup or this uh, wild card thing or whatever, it's like now we have one tag team, and that's the tag team champions. And heavy machinery, listen, heavy machinery versus the B team belonged on a main event show somewhere not or velocity back in the day that did not belong on smackdown raw nxt not even 205 live for crying out loud it's not those two teams nobody cares about and so heavy machinery gets a tag team title match you can't be serious you can't be serious right now so i don't and let me tell Shane McMahon. Oh no no no! I forgot there was one other one other thing that I really enjoyed: the Miz and his commentary about Shane McMahon. The Miz saying basically, "Hey, listen, the only reason you're here is because you're like the little league guy whose coach is the dad. You know, you're just on the team because your coach is the dad." Like he said some really cool things, um, and he talked about what SmackDown used <laughs> to be and what it is now. So I thought that that was really, really cool. Um, here's the sad part, that it's the interviews uh, that really stuck out to me more than what happened in the ring. Um, I'll tell you this, yeah. Shane McMahon, uh, who I loved Shane McMahon and his return to WWE, but I, you know, heel Shane, we've seen way too much. I don't like it. It's another Vince McMahon situation, just reimagined Who, yet again, and I'm tired. Who's of in it. his current faction? Well, who's in his faction? Will you tell me? It appears as though it's Drew McIntyre, Elias, and the Revival. Now, any of the problem is one of the Elias is relegated to SmackDown. The Revival and Drew McIntyre are on Raw, but they all seem to be all over the place at any given time, which again lacks continuity. I don't even know who's technically SmackDown and who's technically Raw anymore because they just keep showing up on both shows. Oh, and one other thing since we're this here. Is Kevin Owens, what was the point of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn fighting in two two out of three falls matches back to back? That kind of match is supposed to be reserved for something special, not for something that's random. And it was random Monday night. It was random last night. And having Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens lose two straight falls, something about that doesn't... Yes, I know they were fighting the champions, but something about that doesn't make sense. It's like these guys have come back from injury and they're getting buried. And for what? I, I, don't, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, it, it, a lot of it's not making sense. The continuity is off. Whoever's in charge of the continuity, which I believe there is somebody in charge of continuity. But when you have an older male running the show, 
who is old and probably can't remember much. Right. This is what you get. Right. A lack of continuity. Right. That's a problem. That's problematic. It is. Is all I'll say. Problematic. It is. It is. And so I don't know uh, how they fix that, but I will say this. This no wonder the people are flocking to AEW. No wonder AEW is selling out. And AEW is doing it in such a creative way. You can follow their storylines yep, on being the elite on YouTube. They've organically yeah. built that. And then what they're doing is for each of these pay-per-views, they have the road to. So they have the road to Double or Nothing. Now they've got the road to Fighter Fest. There's going to be the road to All Which out. is brilliant. It is. It's which, 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 and I will say this on the boxing front, I have Showtime, which makes me on the boxing front look for matches that I don't really, I'm not really interested in. But the road to yeah. tells me the story, yeah. which builds my interest. See, somebody behind the scenes started billing WWE just like boxing a few years ago mm -hmm. and somebody at the top didn't like it and said no i wanted to be entertainment so remove all the podcasts yeah speaking of podcasts uh stone cold steve austin his podcast went on a bit of a hiatus but they are now back and they've come back with a bang as their first interview is with tony khan of all elite wrestling now you can insert your own commentary there at that point because that's a huge move the icon of WWE having his first podcast back with the leader of uh, the financial leader for sure of All Elite Wrestling. Like, that's just monstrous. And uh, I can't wait to dig into that particular and, podcast. And, and if you're a wrestling fan and you're missing out on Stone Cold's commentary on IG on the at WrestleBotch oh, IG, man. you're missing out. Oh, you're man. missing out. It's, you know, for one, Stone Cold. Is providing some great play-by-play. -play. And it's quite amazing to me that Stone Cold would even comment on Russell Botch's account. So I think that that in itself is pretty amazing to take a look at. Stone Cold just described a move. This is phenomenal that sometimes, unfortunately, occurs in a business. It's a percussion blow to the body that shocks the entire central oh, nervous yeah. system, which results in a body shape yeah 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 it's it's really great stuff it's really great stuff so shout out to him so before we go we kind of have to do this to remain continuity but i i'm gonna add a piece to it i think as we get into the summer uh the faction championship remains on the line courtney is still defending he is behind but he could pick it up uh, as we begin our pre predictions of WWE stomping grounds. Now, again, Clack is out, which seemingly is unfair. And so there's, you know, we'll deal with that at another time. But let's talk a bit about um, stomping grounds. Here are the matches. Let's get our predictions very quickly. We've got a cruiserweight triple threat match for the title between Tony Nese, Akira Tozawa, and Drew Gulak. Uh, Big E and Xavier Woods takes on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. SmackDown tag titles are on the line as Daniel Bryan and Rowan.
take on Heavy Machinery. Samoa Joe defends the U.S. title against Ricochet. Roman Reigns takes on Drew McIntyre. Bailey defends the SmackDown Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss. Becky Lynch defends the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. Kofi Kingston defends the WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler in a steel cage. And Seth Rollins defends the Universal Championship against Baron Corbin. And there is a guest referee somewhere involved in there as well. All right, uh, let's get your predictions, Courtney. Let me say this first. You do understand that Kofi and Dolph are going to try to burn the place down. Oh, without question. And I can anticipate something from the both of them from the top of the cage. Oh, by far. I am going with Bailey over Alexa Bliss. Mm -hmm. Roman over Drew. Becky over Lacey. Seth over Baron. Ricochet defeats Samoa Joe. Mm -hmm. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn over the New Day. Uh, Drew Gulak. Okay. You think he becomes a champ? Think so. Okay. Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeat Heavy Machinery. And Kofi beats Dolph. I bet you you're not too far off no, I'm, on my prediction. I'm not far off on this at all. Uh, I am going to... Yeah, I'm going to stick with Bailey on this one. I think they are looking to build Bailey as a solo star. Yep. It... And the tell sign is if she didn't have jeans on. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If she didn't have jeans on, I would have picked Alexa Bliss. But you know what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah. No, they are allowing us to see, like I said, the adult Bailey. You know, she's yeah. not the kid They're anymore. They're humanizing her. Yeah. 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 So I think she wins. I definitely think Becky retains. Um, now, I'm going to be different with you on this one. I think Drew McIntyre wins this. And my reasoning for this is Drew McIntyre has been in need of a very big win. Let's remember that Roman took on Drew at WrestleMania, his first match back, and he beat him then. I think Drew wins this. You're right. Roman ends up in a slump only to break out of the slump around SummerSlam when something bigger is on the line. Um, I'm with you that Seth retains, but I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Brock gets involved maybe Brock ends up being the referee which would just be ludicrous but I I, Brock is going to be somewhere involved in this um and setting up Seth to take a championship at some point um let's see I'm with you I do believe Ricochet retain or becomes a new U.S. champion um Samoa Joe as much as I want to believe in him as a champ just you know can't seem to get it done Daniel Bryan and Rowan retain um uh I'm actually going with Big E and Xavier Woods against Kevin Owens. Um It's going to be a great match, I think. And I'm going with Tony Nice to retain the championship for the uh, Cruiserweights. And yes, Kofi will retain. There's no way Kofi is losing to Dolph Ziggler 
at a new pay-per-view called Stomping Ground. Sorry. Don't see it <laughs> happening. So, with that said, uh, now here's one thing that we will do. Uh, I do want to start adding some other pay-per-view uh, pay-per-views in from other organizations. Um, oh, and I think we need to do that just because WWE is. Uh, hey, we cover more than WWE, so we should let the championship reflect that. So next week we'll include uh, perhaps the Fighter Fest card in there. And we'll uh, talk about that and see if we can add that in. And um, who knows what else will happen, but it'll certainly be a lot of fun as we look to determine uh, to see if Courtney can retain the championship. I do want to get a very quick prediction, though. We talked at the top of the show about the G1 Climax tournament. Who do you think wins the tournament? There are lots of ways this uh, can go. Yeah, there's so many this is loaded mm-hmm. uh, maybe we should better say who comes out of the A block who comes out of the B block we could do that too uh, let, let me let you choose first <laughs> let me start by saying this this is not the first time that the IWGP heavyweight champion has been involved in exactly, the G1 Climax right. And it has happened, if my memory serves me correctly, the last time that a champion won was Kazuchika Okada as champ. With that said, uh, the A block is going to be, man, massive. Um, Ooh, you could make a case for almost anybody. Zack Sabre Jr. and tournaments go very, very well together. Um, yeah. He won the New Japan Cup. He came very close to winning the G1 Climax. It's hard to bet against Okada right now. Um, it's very it hard is. to bet against Okada. Uh, I'd like to see Ibushi win it, but I'm going to say... Okay, I'm going to say it. Kazuchika Okada wins the A block. John Moxley wins the B block. The final is between the IWGP champion Kazuchika Okada and the U.S. champion John Moxley. John Moxley wins, and then sets up the rematch for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship as the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, January 2020. I I I am actually going to agree with you. Okada has not won it since 2014, mm-hmm. and. That's exactly what I see happening. That is best for business. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Will Ospreay's but doing his that, thing. But, but that that finals a, a block for me with a Kushka Oak. And what I'm going to guess is a Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be a barn burner. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, of course, Tanahashi won it last year, and uh, he did it by beating Okada. Uh, that was also quite interesting as well. So we'll see. Anything can happen whenever you get Tanahashi and Okada this together. This thing is lit, man. It is. It, it, it's lit on both sides. It is. It's lit on both sides. It is. We haven't even talked about Big, Tetsuya Naito. Big shot with Ishii, Moxley, Naito, Robinson, Taichi, Takagi. Uh, Takagi, Takagi, whatever you say, mm-hmm. White and Yano is lit. So I have a couple of matches that I know I'm looking forward to. Obviously, night one, Kenta and Kota Ibushi, 
Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Let's see. Night three. Hiroshi Tanahashi against Kenta. Oh, my God. Night four. Jeff Cobb and John Moxley. Are you kidding me? Night five in Tokyo. Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay again. When those two get together, it's going to be crazy. How about John Moxley and Tomohiro Ishii on night six? That's going to be hard hitting and nuts. Okada against Will Ospreay night seven. Uh, Mox, uh, excuse me, Naito and Ishii do it again on night eight, which is going to be crazy. Okada and Kenta. On night nine. Oh my god. The match I'm really looking forward to is night ten. John Moxley and Tetsuya Naito. Can you believe that? Osprey and Zack Saber Jr. are gonna do it again on night eleven. Uh let's see. Good lord. Jeff Cobb and Shingo Tagaki is gonna be crazy on night twelve. Uh there's something every night. Abushi and Tanahashi, hey. night thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Good Lord. Jay White and John Moxley, night 14. Uh, Kenta Abushi, Kenta and Will Ospreay and Kota Abushi, Kota Abushi and Zack Sabre Jr., same night, night 15. Night 16, oh my God. Uh, it's going to be crazy. Jeff Cobb and Tetsuya Naito, night 17. Uh, Tanahashi and Ospreay, Abushi and Okada. Night 18, Jay White and Tetsuya Naito, and the rematch for the U.S. title. Well, it's not for the U.S. title, but the rematch between John Moxley and Juice Robinson. Then we've still got to get winners. And woo, I only gave you one of the matches on each of those nights. There are five matches each of those nights. It's going to be crazy. You don't want to miss the G1 Climax. I promise you it's worth getting NJPW World just for that all right we got to get out of here what a fantastic show it's been here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media courtney at c major build on instagram or twitter courtney build on facebook let's get it all right and you can reach me at bonner fine you can follow us at the faction show so be on the lookout for that and make sure you're following us there on social media lots of cool things happening there until next time it's clack it's courtney it's gb and we are the faction <laughs>